This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We appreciate your tuning in to watch today, especially if this is the first time you've ever seen the telecast. Now today we're going to study another precious thing, and we're going to be studying today about a like precious faith. I hope that you'll stay tuned. The word precious is used many times in the Bible, especially by the Apostle Peter. And as we talk about things precious today, we want to talk about like precious faith. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we order offer a free Bible correspondence course. We want to make it available to each and every one of you. And we're going to pause so you can learn about the course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Today I'm going to be reading from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1 and verse 1. And this is another passage where the Apostle Peter uses the word precious. We're continuing to, to study things precious. Today our topic is a like precious faith. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Those to whom the Apostle Peter wrote were under fire. That they lived in a time of persecution, the likes of which you and I have not seen. And they were a band of persecuted believers, and Peter wrote to them about a like precious faith. That's what kept them together. Banded together. Banded together with their like precious faith. Precious faith. What was that faith like? He called it a like precious faith. Like what? Well, I'd suggest I, that it was a faith like Peter had. I'd further suggest that their faith was like what each one of them had. That is, they all had the same faith. They had in view here possibly the, a, an objective way that faith is used. Jude 3 says, earnestly contend for the faith. So they had all of that in common. Well, 
That's all inclusive. When you talk about earnestly contending for the faith, you're contending for everything that is included in the gospel. Everything that is, comes under the heading of the faith. 1 Timothy 4 and 1 reads like this, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. There it's called the faith. Well, that encompasses everything involved in Christianity, everything involved in the Christian life. It would include how to become a Christian. That's a part of the faith. It would include how to worship. That is a part of the faith. It would include how to live the Christian life every day. That is a part of this like precious faith. And so it is, includes everything that's included in the gospel. In Romans 1.16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Peter is writing to those that had a like precious faith. In Romans one sixteen, when he talked about the gospel, he was talking about that like precious faith. The faith that Jude 3 talks about, earnestly contend for the faith. But this faith, Peter says, was obtained. Notice it again. To them that have obtained like precious faith. It was both given... And it was received. That is, they were taught and they accepted and received that which they were taught and they obtained a like precious faith. Someone said, faith is a miracle. Friends, faith is not a miracle. Faith is a result of exposure to that which creates faith. Romans 10, 17 reads, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the Bible is the fountainhead of faith. It is the source of our faith. These people had heard the truth, and they obtained it, and they accepted it. And then in John the 20th chapter, verses 30 and 31, Many other signs included did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Faith comes as a result of hearing about Jesus. In John 17, verses 20 and 21, Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. See, people have to be exposed to the gospel. People have to be exposed to the word of God to become believers. So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. But they had not obtained it unless they received it. He said they obtained this faith. A person could be taught the Bible until he is an old man or until an elderly woman. But unless they are willing to accept the Bible, receive the Bible, then it's not going to save their soul. They will not have a 
obtain the Bible as they ought. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and in verse number two, the writer said, the word preached did not profit them. Well, now that sounds strange, doesn't it? The word preached did not profit them. Why not? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. That is, they didn't believe it. I have preached many a sermon that did not profit people. And the, the reason it did not profit the people was not the fault of the message. It was the fault of the messenger. They did not receive it. They did not accept it. The fact is, we have to be receptive to the message. In Acts the second chapter in verse 41, listen. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. It is only those that gladly received the word that obtained that like precious faith. And if we all receive the same word, why is it that we don't all have the same like precious faith. That is, we believe alike. Why do we believe alike? Because we have obtained a like precious faith. Think about it. We have a like precious faith because we got it from the same source, and that is the Word of God. God doesn't give one person this viewpoint, and another person another viewpoint, and another person another viewpoint, that's not unity. And the Bible doesn't divide. The Bible unites people. And so we accept the Bible. And when we accept the Bible and we accept it as it is and what it says without bias, without our opinions, then we can have a like precious faith. We have a like precious faith because we have experienced the same birth. John 3 and 5 says, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. We've experienced the same birth. And we have a like precious faith, and we have things in common because we believe alike. And then we are, have a like precious faith because we have the same family of which you are a member. And that's the family of God. First John chapter 3 and verse 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. So we have so many things in common. Well, we worship the same way. We, we, we wear the same name. We call ourselves saints. We call ourselves Christians. There is no division among us. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Like Precious faith, like precious faith, and we have to obtain it. And we have not obtained it unless we receive it. So it is a precious faith. But why is it precious? Why is this faith, as Peter described it, a precious faith? First of all, it is precious because the objects of our faith are precious. You said objects, you said that sounds like there's more than one object. And there is. God is an object of our faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe 
That he is. They have to have faith in God. So those who have this like precious faith all have faith in God. That is, they all believe in God. Secondly, Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. In John eight twenty four, Jesus said, Unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Jesus is the object of my faith. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him, believes in Christ. Christ is the object of my faith. And because of God and because of Jesus, my faith is precious. It is precious. And then secondly, this precious, this faith is precious because of the value of this faith to God. Faith is valuable to God. Listen to Romans chapter 4 and verse number 3. It's talking about Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Can you not see that, that how important... Abraham's faith was to God, that it was counted unto him, uh, it was put on his record for righteousness sake. And so faith is important to God and it's valuable to God. In Romans the fourth chapter verses 20 and 21, talking about the faith of Abraham that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory unto God. For he was persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And so God valued the faith of Abraham. Sometimes we refer to Abraham as the father of the faithful. He stands out as such a great example of faith. It's precious because it is valuable to God. Your faith is valuable to God. When you believe in God and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is of something that is of great value to God. But a third reason that I suggest that this like precious faith is so important are because of the blessings that are bestowed through that like precious faith. Now let's spend the rest of our time thinking about those blessings. Blessing Number one, justification. Justification comes through that like precious faith. Romans 5 and verse 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is because of the system of faith that we can have access to God through Christ. That doesn't mean that we are saved by faith only. I've heard for many years that someone wrote the words being justified by faith and they put the word only in the text, wrote it in there. But that's not in the text. And that is not what the Bible teaches. As a matter of fact, there are two reasons I suggest that we are not saved by faith only. Number one, the Bible nowhere teaches that we are. And secondly, it teaches we are not. In James the second chapter in verse 24, James said, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith alone or faith only. We're not saved by faith only. That is just a mental ascent to faith in Jesus Christ. We are saved by a faith, a system of faith 
That includes everything that we do to become children of God. For example, let me go back to John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that He gave His own begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him, it keeps on believing in Him. Well, who is the believer of John 3.16? If it leads to everlasting life, well, the believer of John 3.16 is the one who believes that Jesus is Son of God, is willing to repent of his or her sin, he was willing to confess their faith in Jesus Christ. And the believer of John 3.16 is the believer that is willing to, to be baptized in order to be saved. Because Jesus said, He that believeth, believeth the same word in John 3.16, and is baptized shall be saved. So you see, this is why this is such a precious faith. It's because of the blessing of justification and salvation that comes through it. Also, it is so precious because this faith makes us children of God. Listen to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called what? Called what? Children of God. Well, how do we become God's children? Don't you want to be His child? Don't you want to be His son, His daughter? Galatians 3.26, for you're all, what? Notice it, the children of God. There you have it. You're all the children of God. How? By faith. By that faith that we're talking about. By faith in Christ Jesus. And for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. Now, we're talking about like precious Faith, the blessings bestowed through that faith. One is justification, the salvation of our souls. And number two, it makes us children of God. Three, here's another blessing. We are saved by faith. Saved by faith. You know, Paul was in prison in Acts chapter 16. He and Silas were praying and singing and songs, hymns and and the prisoners heard them, and then there was an earthquake. And the doors of the prison were opened. The jailer was about to take his own life because he knew the prisoners possibly had escaped. But, but, but Paul said, Sir, do yourself no harm. We're all here. We've not gone anywhere. And this man asked this important question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved. And my friend, that's not a more important question you'll ever ask than that one. So what kind of an answer did he give this man? This man was a jailer. This man was a pagan. This man was an unbeliever. Now he said, what should I do to be saved? And this is what he was told. Believe on the Lord Jesus... And thou shalt be saved. Someone says, there it is, Billy Lambert. There it is in the Bible. You said it, that there's no place in the Bible that, does, that says that we're saved by faith only, but there it is. Is it? Is it? What else would you tell a man that was an unbeliever if he asked you, what do you have to do to be saved? What's step one for him? Isn't step number one that he has to become a believer? 
He couldn't be saved unless he is a believer in whom? A believer in Jesus. Well, how will he become a believer in Jesus? Inasmuch as we've already learned that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, isn't it just logical this man would have to be taught in order that he might have that faith in Christ? So what did Saul and Paul and and Silas do next? Well, they taught him the Word of God. And that very night, that man and his household were baptized. Now, why do you suppose they did that? Because the man asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He said, you've got to be a believer. And in order to be a believer, I've got to teach you. And after he taught him the gospel, the man wanted to be baptized. He and his whole family were baptized. His household was baptized. He did just exactly what Jesus said one must do. He that believeth, he is baptized, shall be saved. You see why that precious, that faith is so precious? It's because of the blessings we get out of it. And then another reason that this, this faith is precious is because it is our faith that allows us or helps us to defeat the devil. 1 John 5 and 4 says, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is that victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. Folks, faith is our conquering weapon. That's the way we defeat the devil, with our faith. That's the reason Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, chapter 5, that brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power is might. But put on the whole armor of God. Why, Paul? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles simply means the schemes or the tricks or the plans of the devil. He's out there to deceive us. And then Paul went on to say, for we wrestle not. That sounds like a fight to me. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But, but against principalities, against powers, against the, uh, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's a battle. And the way you win that battle, the way you win that war is with your faith. Strong faith. Unwavering faith. That's why Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 12, Fight. The good fight of what kind of fight, Paul? Of faith. You need to have your armor on. I studied about that armor. And the only part of your, that, of, of your body, if you take the, the illustration here of the, the armor, armor that a soldier would use, like the helmet and the breastplate and the sword and the shield and all, the only part of the body that's not protected is your back. And my friend, you can never turn your back on the devil. And it takes strong faith in the days in which we live to stand against Satan. But that's the reason that our faith is so precious. And it is precious because our faith will take us home to heaven at last. 
When you've fought the good fight, you've kept the faith. Paul said, was told, told Timothy, there be laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them that love is appearing. Faith, like precious faith. In the 25th chapter of Matthew, Jesus was talking about the judgment scene. And you got the sheep on the right hand, you have the goats on the left. And to those that were the saved, represented by the sheep, Jesus said, Well done, good, and faithful servant. It is our faith that will see us through to the end. You may be going through some hard, difficult times right now. Times that you have never experienced before. Hang on to God. Hang on to Jesus. Hang on to His Word. And He will see you through. I want to leave you with a promise that He made. And this promise will never, ever let you down. He said in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And never is a long time, isn't it? Never is a long time. That's the kind of faith we need to have. That whatever winds blow in our life, we know that those winds are blowing us along on our journey. They're at our back and we're not facing contrary winds in life when we have God on our side. Jesus made this promise to those that teach and preach His Word. I am with you always. I am with you always. Even at the end of the age. Well, I think that's a promise we can all enjoy when we have obtained that like precious faith. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And if you're not certain where the church is located in your community, if you'll get in touch with us, we'll give you the location. And also right now, pick up the telephone call for the free Bible course, or if you prefer, you can take the course online. But whatever you do, please avail yourself of this opportunity. It could be the single greatest thing you've ever done for yourself. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. It's my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.